previously on Eidolon Queen. The band of adventurers brought together by the Black Queen in search for the long-missing White Queen and the answers to the mysterious disaster that is ripping apart the realm. Have defeated the Fairy King in his ogre battle, and now face the White Void that is devouring their lands. Okay, just as a, you know, a reminder, when we uh, ended the last session, the the fairy king had put the last of his uh, emotions into the sapphire tear, disappeared into a cloud of butterflies, and the tear fell to the ground in front of the throne um, on the carpet. So true. I think Kestrel approaches the tear but doesn't grab it. She waits for like everyone else to situate themselves. Uh, I think Lillian is looking at you like, "What are you waiting for? Let's let's get a move on here." Are we all ready? Mm. I don't see what waiting's going to accomplish. So, I think Kestrel takes the tear in her hand. Um, and God, I hope this is what she's supposed to do with it, and I'm not about to ruin everything. Um, and steps in near the nearest. There's like the, what? There's a fissure in here, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah the 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 fissures have like um, are especially bad in the fairy king's domain. Okay. Um, so there is fissures all over the place here. Okay, I I think she kind of groups up with everybody right by the fissure. Uh, holds it in her hand and then just shatters it and leaps into the the fissure. Crimson follows. Yeah, sure. I don't I don't know what else we'd do with it anyway, so I guess. Into the breach, then. Does Callista have a one liner? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> figured I'd check. Callista's already in. Too dignified for one-liners. Something like that. <laughs> okay. As soon as you pass through, you feel almost a a cessation of of motion, of of time. Almost everything is passing quickly and also slowly, and you don't remember. 
falling past the edge. But you are now standing in a circular white room. It's rather large. It has a it's it's roof is about 20 feet up. And in the center of this room is a white dining table, also circular. Surrounding the table are five white chairs, and on top of the table is a black vase with two flowers, black and white. You feel a warm sensation in your hand. There is a faint blue light coming from each of your closed fists. And you realize that each of you has a shard of the tear that Kestrel just shattered. Is it just a like piece of it? Like, when you say in my hand, are you talking embedded or are you talking about like just you're hanging on to it? Yeah, you're hanging on to it. Okay, just check. Yeah. Yeah, at, like at some point, you don't remember how or when it happened, but you grabbed hold of a piece of that crystal uh, and you have been clenching onto it almost as if it as if your life depended on it. And you all suddenly hear a voice ringing in your head and it says, I'm glad you finally arrived. Kestrel, you recognize this voice. In fact, you all recognize this voice. It's the White Queen. But it sounds weirdly muffled. Where are you? I... I am here. I am... this tower. Look. I know what you came here to do. And... I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but what you're doing is simply not feasible. Instead, I have something to offer you. This room will keep you safe. It will protect you while the remaking happens. And when my work is done, when the world has been reborn, when things make sense again, you can leave and you can start fresh. I, I think Ricky is just going to hold up its hand. What do you mean, make sense? And what's going to happen to everyone out there? Our world is chaotic. The undertow, the magic at the heart of this existence is fundamentally arbitrary. It is ruled by narrative tropes and convenience. And when that undertow leaks up into our world, it will cause seemingly random yet important things to happen. Perhaps you're running down the street late for an appointment and you suddenly bump into someone else. And that's how you find your soulmate. 
or perhaps in a moment of triumph, just as things are about to go right for you, that's when your archenemy steps in and reveals himself. Your Eidolons are made of this power. These things are nonsensical. They should never, they should not exist. I must uh, disagree with you, my queen. It is precisely the stories that we tell that we use to make sense of a chaotic world. Do you truly believe that in a world purged of whatever influence you describe, the same stories wouldn't unfold? The same stories wouldn't be told? Do you think all of a sudden people would stop meeting the love of their life through coincidence? Or having their life's work undone through a plan they could not have seen coming until it was too late? You mortals use stories because you have no other way to decipher the chaos that exists. In this new world, things will be deterministic. There will be causes, there will be effects, it will be perfectly ordered. You will understand why things occur. You will understand consequences. You will understand rewards. Is this my reward? Yes, of course it is. This, this half-life that you've me? This is a reward? That I gave you. That is my mistake. Raising the dead is not a thing that should exist. When she says that, Callistra, your Eidolon, gets a ping of something. It is deep, deep down below you for whatever below means in this circumstance but it's there the voice you are hearing sounds confident it sounds like it knows what it's doing that it has thought about this for a while it, ha it, it has conviction but there's a little something past all that that you can sense and your Eidolon leans in to whisper in your ear and it says, there is something else above her. That's why I made a mistake. I shouldn't exist. I, I, something you did wrong. I could have died protecting you, protecting you, trying to protect you. And instead, I live, if you can call this life. Who wants to live forever? I don't. And yet you curse me this. That was not intentional. Oh, I thought you everything was going to be intentional in your Isn't that what you just said? It's all cause and effect. We would understand consequences. Well I am your consequence. In my new world you will not have an Eidolon. You will not have your power. We will all simply be normal people, living normal lives. And you will get to have the rest you want, with no adventures, with no quests to do, no beasts to slay. You can simply exist, and then, eventually, you'll die. 
Doesn't that sound relaxing? No. Iris, while this while this uh, conversation is going on, I am I would like to investigate. Absolutely. Uh, let me think here. What is your genius again? Three. Perfect. Okay. That is the star, the fool, and the chariot. Right. Um. So that is uh, two neutrals and a positive. Yep. All right. Um. For the chariot, I would like to ask, what's hidden here? Yeah. So I think what's hidden here is that. The voice that's speaking to you is coming from the queen. However, you sense another presence here as well. You you start to th- you start to understand maybe why her voice sounds muffled as if it is coming through some sort of veil, as if something is layered on top of her. And you begin to think what if, what if there was another presence here that was influencing her? For, I think that's what you get for yep. that. For the chariot, I would like to ask, what complications should I be wary of? Hmm, let's see here. The complication is that you sense this other presence all around you. When the queen said she is the tower, she may have been being literal about that. Uh, or at least one of them was literal about that. Yeah, the, the, whoever is speaking was telling yes. us exactly what's... Yes. Yeah. Which means that you may not be able to attack or hurt whatever this other presence is. You may not be able to fight it in a more direct fashion. It would be like trying to attack a mountain. Right, which um, is why my third question for the star, whose uh, forecast says a new direction reveals itself, is what weaknesses can I exploit? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. The weakness here is that as the as the queen and this presence continue talking your eilon is more and more sensing that discontent it is almost as if the the queen is trying to send a signal to you that this is not what she truly believes this is what she has been infected with. And if you can remove that infection, you can maybe save the queen. You said you sense that I sensed the uh, discontent coming from below? Yes. Is the room we're in... Are there any exits? No. It, It appears to be... It's almost as if, like, imagine a like a really large cylinder, and then you take like, you like cut out 
a portion of that cylinder. So you, what you have is like a, just a really large disc of it. That is essentially the room you, you are in now, where it's, you know, these perfectly, uh, perfectly like uh, uh, circular wall and then two flat discs for the floor and the ceiling. And aside from the table and the chairs and the, the vase and the flowers, there's nothing else here that you can see. What, what, uh, I have what kind question. of material does it seem to be? It seems to be some sort of stone. All of it seems to be made of some sort of stone. Uh, what was your question, Maxie? Does the show must go on work in here? That's a good question. Let's find out. <laughs> uh, um, what were you? So, what, what would you like to try try with? Well, can I can I act on this information? Because so far oh, I've learned sure. a lot of things, but nothing's happened. Um, yeah, if you got an idea. Yeah, so I am going to use brain radio to tell everyone um, in here. Keep her talking. I'm going to try and find her, and then I am going to message. Ricky specifically. Um, actually, I'm going to message Ricky and um, Lillian and say, Ricky, can your Eidolon do something about this floor? Make it perhaps <laughs> more organic? Oh, organic. Uh, perhaps, I don't know, Lillian, if you can help, but I'm thinking of... Something more natural, like dirt. All right, I think I know what I want to do. Uh, Iris. Sure. I would like to have the show must go on. Change the color of the spotlight. Uh, from or I guess it wouldn't be spotlights; it would just be the stage lights in general. I want the okay. stage lights changed from a cool neutral white to a dark orange uh, and cast the whole thing in brown. Okay. All right. Um <laughs> Uh can I can I get the reasoning behind that before I decide what stat you draw? I mean, the reasoning is essentially if anything within the show must go on's influence is effectively a theater. Then we can consider the substance that the stage is made of you know, realistically it would just be wood, but obviously that's not how it works. So clearly the stoneness or marbleness is a you know, it's it's a result of the lighting and staging surrounding it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. All right. That's clever. Um, that's going to be a genius role, I think. And uh, would, it, would it be possible you... for Lillian to assist? Um, because its ability gives it power over nature. So if it could like try and summon some vines or something from this illusion of dirt to help lend it, lend the uh, imagery more substance. Uh, well, by default, you uh, you are considered assisting. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, there's there's no capital but, H help. Right. It doesn't need to be a mechanic. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to I'm yeah. trying to construct yeah. a scene. Yeah, here. that could be another part of it. Certainly. OK. Uh, yeah. So let's draw Jen here. Uh, that is the lovers and the high priestess. 
Ooh, let me uh, double check what those... The High Priestess is my resonant card, if that matters for anything. High Priestess is Supernatural moves through you, and the Lovers is you are faced with two paths. Both are neutral. I think let's keep the High Priestess in circulation for now. I'll take the Lovers. Okay, let's see. What are the two paths here? (laughs) Can I be honest, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. It really seems like you should have just made a stage with a trap door. Yep. That's See, I was gonna like that really. Stone and the stone, you know, this seemed cooler. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> All right, so I think the the two paths are that the lights turn on and uh, they they shift the color to brown, and you know if 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 like you do change like this is a large room so it's not going to cover the whole thing um but it does change like a a good portion of it to brown and if you were to walk on it um it it does start to sound it does sound like wood however i I think the path (laughs) the path here is that as you do that the the white in this room almost like starts to eat away at the change you just made and the voice in your head starts talking again and you can hear it and like you can sort of feel it in your bones slightly vibrating them and it says this is my domain I'm going to give you a warning because I'm going to protect myself. If you continue to bring your magic here, if you continue to resist, I will have to protect myself. I think you're mistaken about something, my friend. All of this was created by me. And I am absolutely bullshitting, for the record. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Uh, So, uh, Closer just says in everyone's head, okay, good, keep it talking. She is going to transform into a full-on fox and start digging. (laughs) Oh, digging at the ground, okay. Yes. Uh, I want to try and burrow my way towards whatever I felt while the others try and keep... Whatever this is, busy. Sure, uh, that will be. I think that'll be a, ch- a challenge, fate, pal. All right, I've only got the one. And you get temperance. Uh, you are met with an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, you start digging, uh, scratching at the wood. Could I actually? Oh. Sure. Um, do I have to, if I use a, a held card, do I have to do that before I draw? Um, yes, you do. Okay. Uh, but you know, Iris, if you want to just, it's up to you. Yeah, I'd say. Um, it would be. It would be rules swapping. written. You be, technically have to. It would be swapping also, a neutral for a neutral. It's just I like the forecast of this other one. I'm holding better. Yeah, I'm. I'm fine with that. All right, I'd like to swap it for the Wheel of Fortune, which is you are at the okay. mercy of the fates. Alrighty. Um, I think since I already revealed Temperance, I will simply place it at the bottom of the deck. Sure. 
All right, so Wheel of Fortune, you're at the mercy of the fates. Uh, hmm. <laughs> okay. Letting my nose guide me, as it were. You start digging into the wood, uh, and it splinters before your sharp claws. Um, it's probably been a while since since you've like really dug like this. Um, but it all comes back so easily for you. Uh, and as you sort of like pry it apart and you start to like see below it and what you see below is yet another room of white this time with are those statues? They look they look like statues. Uh, and it, it, it almost looks like a black tree, a huge black tree made of like metal. And as you're sort of observing this, the wood suddenly cracks even further uh, as if you've like compromised it. Uh, and it breaks away and you go tumbling down into the next room uh, and you are about to like strike this metal tree like fall right on top of it yeah I, I think that's probably gonna happen okay uh yeah so uh, oh could I intervene here sure I have no clip you sure do <laughs> So can I just teleport to the room below and catch her? Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's see here. Note clip is a it's biz biz biz. I have three right. bizzes. Okay, that is judgment. The devil and the hermit. So not oh, not boy. great. <laughs> not ideal. Um, I mean the hermit isn't. It's neutral. Yeah. And uh, honestly, and, that's, and honestly, yeah, you. it's not the forecast makes sense for this because Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's leaving the room with everyone else. Uh Yeah, I yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the hermit. Okay. Uh your actions isolate you. Lillian just like, "Sorry guys." Poof. Yeah, uh Lillian, um you a uh, poof out of existence. And you go into the undertow. And I think what it looks like is a backstage. It's sort of incorporating Ricky's Eidolon here. You poof out and like you are sort of running behind the flats. Yeah, running behind. Yeah, running behind the flats. And you see all these like pulleys and above you are uh, these metal walkways where occasionally you look up uh, and you see vague shapes with glowing eyes going about their business or staring at you in, in curiosity. It's less that you teleported and more that you're running to uh, a side stage. Yeah, and as you run you find like a new 
painted background with those same statues that Callistra saw when she looked down and you leap into the the painting and you are now on the ground um, of of the second floor and you quickly reach up with your hands and manage to catch Callistra uh, before she gets impaled on the metal tree. But like right after that happens, the the hole that was in the ceiling that, well, for you, the ceiling, for the rest of you, the floor, that Callistra has opened, suddenly like seals itself shut and the voice says in your heads, that was your last warning. Now I will not be so friendly. And I think for you all in the top floor, like a the vase like emits a pulse of energy of like white lightning almost is like uh shooting out of it and it is heading directly towards all of you. Can I try and take the hit and use suffering as optional? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Um so yeah, that'll be yeah, so you're you're just you're just trying to take the hit. You're not trying to like fight back at all. Uh, so this'll be Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna be take the hit, like use my spear as like a lightning rod. Um and and draw all of it so Crimson and Ricky aren't hit. Okay. Yeah, sure. So yeah, that'll definitely be a challenge fate pow since you are d- just simply trying to power through it. Okay. Um, um Okay, then yeah, um uh one Every time, Zoe. <laughs> what? Hey, guess what you got? You got the tower. Well, Yay. okay. Can I still use? So, can I still use suffering? Yeah, as you're you're gonna use suffering as optional. Beautiful, um, great. Because you you are absolutely taking damage yeah. from this. Uh, so uh, reduce. Set one of those stats to one. Uh, that's gonna baby. be glam. Glam's going down to one. That makes sense. Yep. Cause uh, yeah. I think I think she's um, a little burnt crispy after this. <laughs> Yeah, so you uh, you draw the the lightning directly towards you, and as it flows through you, you suddenly realize that this is not like normal lightning. You you take the hit and you feel it throw, flow through your body, but you don't feel the same like tingle and shock. I've that been you hit by lightning would. before. I know the di- the drill. Yeah. Yeah, you know what being hit by lightning feels like. This is not it. Instead, what you feel is almost like your your heart is being stabbed by a dagger. It's it's like it's being ripped apart and your Eidolon is what does your Eidolon look like again? Um, it's like a very classical, like, skeletal Grim Reaper, like, shrouded in, like, tattered robes, but, like, the skeleton is only half fit complete. Your Eidolon flickers, and it gets staticky. Uh-oh, that's not great, because I'm pretty sure that's the only thing keeping her alive. I have a question for you, Iris. Sure. Does this 
feel... Do, do, does the pain I feel, does the, the energy, anything feel familiar from the first time that uh, Kestrel died? It does feel familiar, like, when you were initially... When Ogre Battle killed you, um, during that... During the first expedition you were on, yeah. during the very first expedition that happened, you were lying on the ground, and that's when you heard the first fissures forming and one of them opened directly underneath you and much like right now you could feel your heart slowly being ripped apart uh and it, it felt like your your soul was going to be dis- was going to disintegrate and then that's when you felt the touch of the white queen for the briefest of moments but you could you you could recognize her finger that like perfect metal spindle and the moment that she touched you the pain vanished in an instant and that's when the next thing you remember is Wait. you were Waking up on the lying altar. back up back above the surface on a perfectly hex hexagonal white altar alive again. Okay. I think Kestrel like on one knee, like smoke pouring out of her like armor, like gasping shakily stands up and reaches and like looks over at the crimson and Ricky and reaches up and pulls off her helmet revealing the gaunt face if anything maybe like a little burned now but like the same gaunt uh, bony ashen haired extremely tired scarred face um, and says I am a daughter the black and white thrones and I know my mother's touch whatever this is it isn't her we need to fight wait why aren't you like a weird geometry thing <laughs> I'll that's kind of personal Ricky I want <laughs> don't you think <laughs> any fucking question you have we need to fight right now well, it seems to me like the tower itself is an enemy to some extent. Obviously, there's only so much we can do from the inside. Uh, my thought is, Crimson, do you think you could possibly get us into the outside? Pretty easily. And uh, she says, I don't care whether Kestrel lives or dies. Aww. And those words show up in the back of her neck. That's so uh, sweet. In a small spot under her ear, marking them, and her whole body kind of gets buffer. Like she's already buffer. Like it like gets a little bit tighter, bigger, bulkier. And I'm gonna try to break through again one of these walls. Okay, that will be a yeah. I think breakthrough is pow, right? Yeah. It's pow. Yep. Yep. Uh, bu- 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 bu. that That's is three, three. cards. Mm-hmm. 
That is the Emperor, the Empress, and the High Priestess. Okay. Both my, mm. both my resident and my dissident card in that draw. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I should take your dissonance since they're all neutral. Yeah. Uh, see which one is your dissonant? Which is honestly perfect for this because yeah. it is you break, break something. something. <laughs> yeah. So and certainly then, the easiest one for me to interpret. <laughs> yeah. And then in neutral, either the obstacle is permanently damaged or attention is drawn to you. I'm okay with either. So <laughs> I actually, dealer's choice here. Okay, sure. I honestly yeah. kind of think they're both the same thing at this point. Yep. <laughs> yeah. At this point, yeah. Yeah, they are They are sort of both the same. I'm letting me. Iris cook, Molly. <laughs> oh, sorry. Iris, continue <laughs> cooking, please. <sighs> Very well. Yeah, you wind up and you throw a punch at the wall uh, and it... <laughs> I think what happens is that you, in, you hit the wall and initially does not seem to do anything. But you can slowly hear a faint ringing sound as if you've sent a sound wave through the wall with your fist. Uh, And the sound wave bounces back and forth and it starts ringing louder and louder and louder until it's almost unbearable. And then this entire room shatters like glass from the resonant frequency and all of you start to fall but before we deal with that let's talk about what was happening on the second floor while all this was occurring hey there everybody it's zoe hi uh normally i try and do these in character but uh frankly kestrel is a huge bummer and also uh very tired so she deserves a break uh but i'm here to tell you thank you for listening to our show um and a special thank you to our uh patrons uh if you haven't or, you know, have lapsed, it's a great reminder that uh, the best way to support us, uh, besides, like, listening and recommending to friends and leaving your reviews, is to uh, support our Patreon. We offer a bunch of great things, like early episodes. They're uh, one week early on the Patreon, uh, as well as Patreon-exclusive shows, like uh, Actually, I Meant For You To Pod My Cast and Eidolon Playlist. Um, and really, it's just something that helps us... Um, be able to fund cool things a lot of the time um, and also like support ourselves. So it really means the world to us. Um, and another fun bonus is this list of patrons that we read off every episode. And I got a few right here. So uh, we'd like to give a big old thank you to Howdy Hazel. It's birdish stars of Mars. Mm, I apologize. Abalasha Tandon. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, Sam Antics. Abby Less Than Three. Paradotted. More like Eidolon Dis Sucks and Scott Ass. How dare you? Black Album 22. Evan! Uh, Blue Irweer? Maybe Bellu Irweer? Sorry. Uh, these, the Z Mage. Um, Monica Wurdenberger, Fire Princess Lily, Pete Shaka, Queen Cat Attack, Orbital Oracle, great name, uh, Vapril, LCG, Ashadasha98, Kevin, 
Ellen N.K., Sarah Lo Sulky, Joe Tig Riccadelli, and future Erica. Um, if you want to have your name read, uh, read out, then just join the Patreon. We're more than happy to, uh, to shout those out every episode. Um, in bits and pieces. We have, it's a log list now. Um, and I think that's enough, uh, that's enough ad break. You should get back to the thrilling conclusion of Eidolon Queen. Calistra and Lillian, uh, you had just, like, arrived, um, on this lower floor with Arrived as a way to, uh, describe what, what happened, yes. Well, I'm being diplomatic about it. And, Calistra, you notice, like, one pair of statues in particular. The two statues are of a young man and a woman, and they are dressed in fine clothing. They are pure white, except for accents on the hems of the clothing uh, are, are red and orange. The statues are holding hands. And as your eyes take in this statue, the voice rings in your head again. You could have what you want. The dead cannot come back, but you can have a new world a new existence where you can find that love again as a human being, not a creature cursed by the Fae, to live forever, to see everyone you care about die. You could die together. Don't you want that? In my head, because I am still an animal form, I give it a beat, and then I just reply somewhat coldly, Oh, my dear, you have miscalculated gravely. I believe you belie your own insecurities here. You, it is apparent, seek control, a world that works the way you want it to. But that is not what I desire. I have loved my love. I have lived my life. What you call a curse, I call... A great blessing. I seek not to reclaim that which what I once had, but to get to end as my beloved did. I don't seek a new life. I seek my en- my ending. Callistra, that's gonna be a dazzle. Your glam is two. That's alright. Okay, so that two cards is Temperance and judgment. So I think temperance makes a lot of sense here. Like, yeah, yeah I'm going to pick agree. the neutral card, of course, but I think the forecast actually is very appropriate. Hmm. The equal and opposite reaction here is that sensation of discontent you were chasing. It is closer now that you are on this floor. Uh, and after finishing your speech, you feel it flare up uh, again from uh, from just beneath you. And you hear the voice again, but it's a little different this time. Uh, it is a little clearer, and it also sounds more desperate. And it says, I believe in you. Please save me. And almost just as suddenly as it started talking to you, 
the voice changes again, and it's back to what it was before. And it says, No, this will not be happening. There will be logic, there will be reason, there will not be this nonsense. And the statues in the room, like, start, they start dissolving into a gooey puddle of fluid, and it, it flows all around you and under you, and you start to feel yourself, uh, both you and Lillian start to feel yourselves sinking into them. Are these by chance an Eidolon? Yes. This entire, uh, I think what you, what Callistra realizes from what just happened is that this entire tower, this thing that has like infected and captured uh, the queen, the whole thing is an Eidolon, but it's not an Eidolon from the world you know. It's an Eidolon that uh, is the antithesis of your own. Right. Okay. Um, can I use Soul Hacker to try and get this tower to disassemble itself? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think you can do that. Since that she's already, you know, like ankle deep in it. That's fair. Uh, yeah, that's another biz. So that'll yeah. be. <laughs> okay. The devil, the empress, and the high priestess. Hmm. The high priestess is the supernatural acts through you. Uh, apologies, I think I am taking the high priestess. Sorry, Lexi. No, that's fine. Uh, but I think that's the the right call here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If it's Lillian is the supernatural. That's so true. Lillian only exists because uh, because of the supernatural. Because right, you're not going to make a world without her in it. Yeah, I think be- you'll find that very quickly. <laughs> um. Okay. So what does what should a neutral do? Yeah, I don't think there's a list for this one. I think you got to decide. Yeah. Uh, okay, I know what happens. You, like, almost force your own magical energies into this goop and into the tower. And almost almost the same way that you would very naturally control the forests and, and the vines and the other plants um, that you're used to. Uh, you give it a command to open and the the ground beneath you parts uh, and I think at, this is the point where our friends on, who are still on the upper floor come tumbling down and all of you at once go through this opening that uh, Lillian just made and all of you like hit the bottom floor with like a a thud in front of you is a translucent sphere with like a, a a glowing white figure in the middle and it is pulsating and you feel a pressure on your minds and in your bodies and all of your eyelons, they they don't flicker to the same extent that uh, that kestrels. kestrels did, but you can tell that they are more pale. They're a little faded. You are going 
to ruin everything. All the preparation, all the work. You won't get what you want back. It's simply not possible. It's better to end or live knowing what we've done than have everything be wiped away. A world like that, I truly would have no purpose in it. I've lost everything before, so I'm not especially concerned with it, with it either way. Didn't I just tell you, I'm ready for the end of my story. And if it can end by preventing you from, well, from deciding how everyone else's stories end, then I would consider that worthy. I'm good. Lillian said her piece on the way down. <laughs> okay. I can't come up with anything better than what I already said. Sorry. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fine. Um, hmm. How does, how does it respond to that? Um, while it's thinking, um, okay. I think Kestrel looks over at Ricky and looks over it. You said it's a glass sphere with a white figure. Presu- I'm assuming the queen inside of it. Yeah, it's translucent, yeah. so it's almost like sort of frosted glass. Like you can't you can't see anything distinct inside, but there is clearly a figure in there, and it is glowing white. Ricky, I've seen a player too. Do you think that sphere looks an awful lot like sugar glass? I suppose there's only one way to find out. Uh, and I think eat our way through. <laughs> um, I I think like Kestrel's gonna nod towards um, Crimson and hope that they get the combo move that she's picturing. It, describe the nod. Um, <laughs> looking over and like mm-hmm. like having just spoken to Ricky. That maybe is the first time Kestrel has like actually addressed Ricky. addressed Ricky in a respectful <laughs> manner. Um, <laughs> Uh, and just it finally happened, folks. Um, and looks over at um, Crimson and just like direct eye contact um, and just like a curt like nod of action. Okay, Ricky's gonna start moving and prepping. As Crimson draws back to strike, I think uh, Ricky is going to have the show must go on. Just grab the orb and uh, hold it steady. Okay. Who who wants to do the scrap for this? My pow is one, and uh, <laughs> I mean, Crimson's me. is three. So. Okay. Probably That's the... probably fair. Crimson, yeah. love, Crimson loves to scrap. This is what she does. She's big, buff, quiet, and maybe not super smart. Okay. But she punches good. You get Judgment, the Empress, and the Devil. Hmm. Well... Devil. The thing about Devil. that is Devil. that... No, never mind. No, those are my bad ones. The Empress is not the worst thing in the world. You create something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what do you create here? I mean, I could create an opportunity in case Kester wanted to do something else. No, I I, I think okay. I, I know what you create. Yeah, you punch this glass... And it shatters before you, and you hear a sighing in your head, and 
the shattered glass doesn't fall. Instead, it like is briefly suspended in the air. Uh, and then it and the rest of the white room rush past you into where the center of the orb is. Uh, and it all like condenses and rushes inside the body that was trapped inside the sphere. Uh, and now you can see clearly there is an old woman before you. She is sitting on a throne with a white crown and Kestrel, the white queen is sitting here, but she's not as you remember her. She is no longer the immortal being made of flawless geometry. She is flesh and blood, as you are, Elora. And she is old, with many wrinkles creasing her face. Her hands are thin, and she looks so light, like she could be blown away. She looks up at you all, and she says, I'm so sorry. I think Kestrel walks over to her and takes one of her very good, almost like thin and weightless hand and just holds it. Why? Why? Why did... Who did this to you? What did this? I was overconfident when we left you back there to fend off the fairy king we found a tear in our plane of existence it was let me see how I can describe this you know what happens when there is a, co a, a concentration of narrative power events so significant it, it creates a hole that the undertow bubbles up through right we we call that an upwell but what would happen if it kept concentrating if magic kept flowing up if say a place like the fey realm kept becoming more chaotic, more nonsensical. We found that creates something else. A new tear forms, and a reality seeps through into our own undertow. When I discovered it, I called it a downwell, because it was the best way I could describe what I observed. And I knew from the start that it was dangerous that it would eat up everything that we know it is incompatible with our world but i i was not as powerful as i presumed it grabbed hold of my mind and i began to question who i was and what made sense and I had these thoughts of what queens truly are. Royalty is not truly good. 
we are all tyrants imposing our will on others. There are, there's nothing good in us. There's, and I started to think there's nothing good in this world. And before I knew it, I was helping it expand. I think Kestrel sets down her hand and reaches in, like, puts a hand on her wrinkled face, like the cheek, and says, It may not be good being a king, a queen, but there is good Look at all of these people, these beings. I, I don't know if I could have gotten here without them, any one of them, and you've hurt them, so maybe what the world needs right now is a queen. You need to not think like a queen, you just need to think like my mother. Elora, dear. I I want to come back so badly, but the downwell is not gone. It retreated inside me. My body is keeping it alive. For the good of this world, you have to kill me. Callistra, when the queen says that, you feel another flare uh, from your Eidolon power. And the prophet's song, again, leans in and whispers to you, she does not want to believe that's true. Um, I think I am going to speak, say this out loud and just say, I have met rulers before who have fought as you do, that nothing they do can be good, that... Their destruction is the only thing that can truly bring peace. It's just cowardice. And she and she she turns and looks at uh, Castrol and just says, "My girl, I'd like to think I've seen something of your heart in these past days. Listen to it now." When you say that, Callistra you can sort of feel like that pressure that was on your heart, uh, it, you can feel it start to slowly lift. And the, the shard of jewel in your hand glows a much brighter blue. You can feel it trying to escape your hand. Do you let it? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, you open your hand, uh, and the jewel, like, flies to just in front of the queen's heart. And the rest of you, you also feel your jewels wanting to fly. I allow mine. Kestrel releases hers. Well, sorry, Elora releases hers. (laughs) <laughs> it's about yeah. time. Crimson looks at Laura, sees that's what everyone seems to be doing, releases hers. Yeah, Lillian opens its hand. The shards fly out 
and join together and reform back into the sapphire tier. And it is not a perfect join. There are cracks in it. But the the way the light distorts and shines through those cracks almost makes it more beautiful. Making starry nebulas of deep blue on the floors. And you can also feel your Eidolons resonating with this jewel. And you realize that this used to be part of the undertow before the downwell got to it, before it started devouring it whole uh, and sapping all of the energy from it. You control and you have sources of pure magical energy. If you wanted to, you could maybe do anything. Who wants to go first? Someone do it. I'm, st- I'm stressed out. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so when you mean anything, <laughs> when you say anything. I said anything. Anything. It's a real, real blank page scenario. Case. God. In that case, Crimson looks at everyone and slowly walks towards it. I assume we have like a physical form. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a, you know, it's a yeah. physical crystal. Reaches in a hand. I think she pictures herself. She ambitions herself not just finding like the library, the Lost Orc library, but being part of the Lost Orc library and whatever this World, worlds, whatever this ends up being, she sees herself as, like, the head librarian helping the library be wherever it needs to be and give its knowledge to whoever needs to be given the knowledge. Yeah, that's, I think, going to be a challenge fate genius. Fabi, tell me what you draw for this. Oh. Uh... I, you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna. I draw my resonant card. Okay. Uh, the hierophant. The hierophant. My you resonant yeah. uh, effect is I power through all obstacles to seize the moment for me and my friends. Oh, I know what I'm gonna do with this. <laughs> I'm glad you're the oh, one yeah, who went yeah, first. Yeah. You envision yourself finding this library and looking through the books and it's almost as if you always already had this knowledge but you you will eventually find it not right now but in the future but you do find it and you have it now and you see yourself reading a book that you published about the events that happened here where you wrote that to purge the down well, you must overwhelm it, patch it with that which the undertow is made of. If you can eliminate the down well and fill in the gaps it left with the undertow, you will fix this world. You will fix everything. But... It's going to take all of you. 
Now, when you say all of you. <laughs> oh, I don't mean like all of what Crimson is. I mean okay. all of her companions. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. In in this book, the I I in the future which I'm in, I uh, this book which I read that's in the library that I have in my hand, I opened the forward, which uh, despite it saying it was a little, you know, uh, dry. Ricky agreed to write the foreword of of this book. Yeah, and I wonder if that has anything to do. Think I don't know. I'm trying it, Maxi. Maxi, do something. Well, I suppose I'll step forward then. And I think Ricky's going to rub its hands together and then uh, plunge him in. Okay, uh, Ricky, what are you going to try to do with this power? I think. Assuming we, un- I understand that it needs to be patched through magic. The reality of it is, Ricky is a golem. It, he is a creature that is a vessel for magic, first and foremost. I think the only way <laughs> that could be any more true is if, uh, you know, it was just a ghost. And I think... If only because it wants to make sure that it's pulling enough weight to keep its friends safe and make sure that they will be able to finish the job. It's just going to put its all into it. I think, honestly, the show must go on probably ends up severed from this. And even then, it's probably going to take a lot out of Ricky. (laughs) Just... Flooding it with as much magical energy as he can without straight up, like, rendering himself inert. I agree. Ricky, I'm sorry. Let me be proper about this. You are a hero, after all. Ricky Spectacular, bar Adam, what card do you draw for this? I draw my dissonant card, the Chariot. Life is a stage and you've forgotten all your lines. You try to start patching things. But there is like, there is a niggling feeling at the back of your head, at the back of your head, where you wonder, are you good enough to do this? Are you capable of this? This is a lot of responsibility saving a whole world, restoring magic itself. I don't, I don't think you're up to the task. You're just a bard. And I think you, you start to feel the magic drain from you, but it is not going into the undertow. Uh, Instead, to your horror, to everyone's horror, uh, Elora, you can see this especially well. The shards of broken white glass that had retreated uh, have now, like, um, shot out of the White Queen's heart and have latched on to Ricky's hand and to the crystal and are attempting to drain everything from it before 
you can make any more progress. Okay. I think Elora goes to Ricky and puts her hand over the crystal that's on its hand and tries to do anything of her own and tap into the same power and I think what she would do is what she pictures um, is just a beautiful summer afternoon sitting out in a garden as she was full of life still scarred still bearing her the life she has lived but she's no longer gone she's no longer her hair is still gray but like alive and well taken care of um and her eidolon is also what it used to be um instead of who wants to live forever she once again has it's a beautiful day elora what do you draw i draw death something ends and something else begins you, you feel a movement in your soul, uh, and your Eidolon changes to what it used to be, where instead of taking life, you can give it. And you do give it um, to the crystal, to Ricky, to try and push back the downwell. And... From all that you've taken, you have so much to give. And you have your eyes closed, focusing on this imagery. Um, But the rest of you, uh, if your eyes are open, you start to see plants and flowers spring up from the ground beneath Elora's feet and flood through the room. Um, and even with your eyes closed, Elora, you can smell them. Smells like home. Lexi, you go next. <laughs> I was going to say, but if it's just you and me left, we could be at a standstill for a while. Um, <laughs> no, you go. You volunteered me up one. It's your turn, bitch. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I've given you the hardest task of all. Uh, a blank slate. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's okay, I'm always a blank slate, so this was easy. <laughs> Cloistra sighs, and it's a sigh that carries centuries. The good and the bad. The quiet days in between everything. She knows that the despair of this place is formed up of centuries of experience, too. Uh, a world that is constantly in motion, constantly changing. And she knows how much that change can wear on a person. But she also understands that when it becomes too much, that maybe means that it is time for your part in this world to end. But it is important for the world itself to continue. And she lets it all go. All of her responsibility, all of the 
world she has been, she's felt perhaps a bit trapped by all this time. Her kingdom, her children, her, her world. In this moment, she gives it all up so that it can continue on without her. And I would like to draw the world. Callistra, you release the magic that was granted to you by the Fae when you made that wish so long ago to protect the prince who had saved your life and you were just a little fox being hunted by his brothers. And you become that fox again. No longer Lady Callistra, but a little animal just trying to do its best to take care of the people it cares about. And the energy hits the stone, hits the crystal, and the downwell is pushed back again, and it tries to retreat back to the queen's heart, but the magic is following it, and you can see a beam of bright, pure blue light chasing after it, also going directly into the queen. And it is so close to gone. Just one more flood, and that's it. Yeah, I think uh, Lillian steps forward um, and thrusts its hand into the situation there. And there's a vision of it lurching across a plane. It's been three weeks since the end of this, and it knows that it has to return to the Earth. There is no putting it off any longer. Um, it is traveling towards the west coast of Rye, where there are dense fogs, where it is being pulled. There's always a sixth sense on where to settle when a cycle has come to an end. Uh, and the 34th resting place of Lillian Witchwood is the cliffs overlooking the seas of Rye, looking out over the water, setting down roots, and closing its eyes, recounting the last hundred years of scenes of happiness, grief, laughter, and all becoming once again, one again, with the earth itself. And a few moments later, thousands of sequoia trees burst from the ground, fully formed, hundreds of feet tall, towering over the coast. And the only difference this time is that there are other trees that emerge from the grove, also walking around, also able to live those lives. Not dryads, but true tree folk like Lillian. Lillian, you focus on this and on the trees and on the sound of the waves of the coast. And you hear those waves roaring. What do you draw? Death. That's your resonant. You make the mm -hmm. world a stranger and more wonderful place. The waves will roar rap louder and louder until you almost can't hear anything else. And the undertow, a wave comes in behind you. You don't know where it came from. It doesn't matter where it came from. It doesn't have to make sense. And it floods 
over everything. And the downwell is washed away. Can I tell you the law that she broke? Yes. Cause and effect. <laughs> the downwell is washed away by the flood. It fills and fills and fills until there is nothing left but it. A cerulean sea of magic and potential. On a sunny green afternoon, Princess Alora is reading a book. Written by her good friend Crimson, detailing the histories of orc philosophy and folklore, as detailed in the Lost Library, Lost No Longer. She smiles, and then realizes the time and then she has things to do, namely meet with her mothers and also the citizens' council, because, well, the queens will remain. That doesn't mean they don't have to listen to other people, no. She sets down her book, picks up her walking stick, and makes her way onto her next adventure. The White Queen, with her true form restored, would return to the castle of Rye to rule alongside the Black Queen. The citizens of Rye held a kingdom-wide celebration. Each city and town and village and household contributed, hosting countless events in their own traditions with what resources they had. While none could be as grand as they once were, everyone agreed that they had never seen more wondrous and joyful parties in their lives. Then, once the festivities were over, everyone began the slow process of rebuilding. Artisans returned. Families were reunited. Communities reformed. Houses were restored. Rye would live once again. It would not be the same, of course. Though the downwell was purged, the scars of the fissure remained, sealed up with indestructible crystal as deep and blue as the ocean. Visitors to Rye, seeing the unusual lines of blue that could be spotted throughout the kingdom, would frequently ask what happened. Citizens would exchange a knowing glance, and then tell this tale. One day, the earth opened its maw and swallowed our queen. So great was our grief and our loneliness and our sorrow that we cried for a year and a day. Five brave heroes collected our tears and carried them on their backs to the mouth of the earth. They poured them in until it filled the earth, and our queen came back, 
floating atop our love for her. And we will all live happily ever after. The end. Thank you for listening to Eidolon Queen, which featured Lexi Waltner as Callista Swiftheart, Fabi Garza as an in the crimson scene, her smile once broken, now was whole, aka Crimson, Molly Rhinebeck as Lillian Witchwood, Maxie Knightley as Ricky Spectacular, Baradon, and me, Zoe Tanell, as Kestrel, along with Iris Christensen as the GM. Eilon Queen won't have any further episodes, as this has been the conclusion to the miniseries, but tune in next week because we'll have the first episode of Eidolon Oyster. Um, I am, look, I'm going to level with you. I'm looking up the dates right now. I'm pretty sure the first episode of Oyster will be available on our Patreon feed on the 13th of November. So look out for it there and uh, enjoy yourselves. Thanks for listening. Bye.